Coming up on today's show, we have the latest news and rumors, and we're going to get a trip report from John's recent trip to the Pigeon Forge, Tennessee area. That's coming up next on Traveling with the Mouse. Welcome, everyone, to Traveling with the Mouse. I am your host, Jason, and this is episode 290 for Friday, October the 23rd, 2020. Can you believe it's already October, folks? It feels like just yesterday I was locked in my house and it was March. And here we are all the way through October. Locked also in this cold, dark room with me, I have two other co-hosts. First, we have Adam. What's up, everybody? How do you feel, Adam, about it being October? Do you feel like the the season's changing? Well, if you're in Atlanta right now, it's pretty warm. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty warm, and there's still hurricanes out in the Atlantic, and the COVID cases are rising. But, you know. Oh, yeah. Just another day in the neighborhood. Just another day of 2020. Well, welcome, Adam. The other co-host I brought along with me today is none other than John. Did you hear that they're making a special edition of Hamilton and they're adding a new song? What's it called? It's called I'm Giving Away My Shot, and it's performed by every sports team in the state of Georgia. (laughs) Ooh, that's a pretty clever one there. Yeah, so the Atlanta Braves were eliminated from Major League Baseball's playoffs. Yet another long line of clutching defeat from the jaws of victories for Atlanta and the broader Georgia sports teams. It would be different if they just lost something. They just don't they don't know how to do that. They get your hopes up and then they make it a heart they crush your heart. No matter right. What they were want. supposed to lose that series. The Dodgers right. are a better baseball supposed, team. Yeah. <laughs> but they well, were they supposed to give you the them. hope that they could actually pull it off. <laughs> yeah. So right. there you go. Well I guess I should be watching the World Series, but I think I'm just too bitter about them losing. I I know that it's going on, but I haven't watched any of the games so far. I haven't either. I'm not watching it tonight right now. This would be game two. I hope not. Yeah, not at the moment. Because you're recording a podcast. Yeah, well, you know. (laughs) But I did watch the first game. I say watched it. It was on while I was doing other things. (laughs) Sure. But I did pay attention to it. It, the Dodgers are actually kind of fun to watch. I'm over it now as far as the Braves part goes. So, Yeah, I mean, you have to be over it. I mean, at least we won a playoff series. So that yeah, that's true. Something they hadn't done in like 20 years. Yeah, yes, I think I made the comment. I was like, well, I mean, it could have been worse. It could have been 10 nothing after the first. So, Yeah, the they might uh, be the team of the 20s. We'll see. Not they the were 20s. the team of the 90s. <laughs> the new 20s? <laughs> yeah. Let's hope we'll they're see. the team of the 20s. We'll see. Well, before we launched into the news, I just wanted to say I don't want to reveal any identities, especially because we haven't talked to anybody, but we did get a couple of positive notes about last week's show, The Trip Report, and I just wanted to say that if you are interested in contacting us, we, as we put at the end of every show, you can contact us at podcast at travelingwiththemouse.com, and if you have any listener questions you'd like us to answer about recent trips or upcoming trips if you're thinking about going to disney world we would be happy to answer those on the show so thank you you for those that wrote in a lot of people are hesitant to go back and so they want to know more about what it is actually like on the ground 
Speaking of what things are like on the ground, if you are on the grounds of Disneyland or Disney California's Adventure or Universal Studios Hollywood, you would be trespassing. Yes. (laughs) The big news of the week will go straight into it. Disneyland and all the other major theme parks are probably not going to open until 2021 and maybe much later into 2021 than we ever thought. Yeah. As the new guidelines came out, most of which were not that surprising. 25% attendance, uh, reservations to come in, mask requirements, those kind of things that are pretty standard at all the parks that are open but the big thing that caught headlines is that the parks are not allowed to open until california county that they're located in or the counties they're located in have to be in the yellow tier now orange county california is currently in the red tier red tier means they have four to seven daily new cases per 100,000 population and their test rate is somewhere between five to eight percent that is considered red or substantial you must spend at least three weeks in every tier before you can be considered to move down a tier so the next tier is moderate which is one to three point nine daily new cases per one hundred thousand with two to four point nine percent on their testing rate and minimal yellow is less than one daily new case per one hundred thousand and less than two percent on positive tests I'm going to go ahead and say that there is basically nowhere that Disney is currently operating a theme park that would qualify for the yellow tier. Yeah. So what exactly is open or what's going on now in which they're still at a red, I guess? I thought California was pretty well locked down more than anyone, Well, so they're still in red. Well, they're red. I mean... Purple is the worst. Red, they are allowing some non-essential businesses to operate, but they are seeing an uptick in cases, as is most of the country uh, right now. And so that's also pumped the brakes on a few of the things they have going on. As it is with many of these things, I guess it's really hard to tell why. But, I mean, less than one, that's basically saying one per 100,000 people is very, very low. Basically... That's Yellow like, is probably not going to be achieved until we have a widespread vaccine. Yeah, that's like no virus almost. That's like very, very minimal amount of infection at all. Well, I mean, I'll just say I, I think that saying that it has to be yellow is kind of unreasonable. That's just my thoughts. But, I mean, I, I'm not, you know, I, I get it. Did we get? Are, wait a second. Are you John or are you... Um... Or are you are you the new Disneyland president? Because he uh, also said something similar, I think, about how it was when unre- was unreasonable. I'll take the job. I mean, his right. name is Ken Potrock. Ken Potrock. I I saw that there, or I'm sure it's Potrock or something like that, but I have to read it Potrock. It's a very California it's, name. Well, they, you know how Disney's been putting out these statements with the uh, dark blue and the light blue and the, the statement to the right. There's been a lot of memes about that with statement from Ken Potrock and they had the Disneyland logo and it was splashed over with now opening Disneyland dispensary from Ken Potrock. They're going to shift their business model to sell <laughs> medicinal or I guess recreational marijuana that's legal now in California. Mm-hmm. Uh... Well, if I'm not mistaken, though, Orange County is very close to being moved to orange tier. 
And I think that's what they wanted, was to be able to open it orange to you. Right. They weren't trying to open it red. They were hoping to open it orange. Right. And they're very close to getting to orange. They've been that way for over a month from what I've seen. But they just haven't been able to quite... They're like just a tiny bit from being in that category. The other interesting thing is that the city of San Francisco just was able to get down to yellow. There's, of course, no major theme parks there, obviously. But that's a pretty large metropolitan area and they've been able to get to yellow so it is possible it is possible but it is extremely aggressive target and as we said it would take a lot to get there it's going to take a lot Uh, let's let's go to the other side of the coin because we all love disney we know that they've opened successfully in a lot of places there's been no known outbreaks so i think the general consensus of the disney community is why aren't they open Disneyland needs to be open. Let's try to take it from the other side for just a moment. We want to make sure the virus does not get on an exponential spread again. There is a very reasoned reason why you don't want to open something like this because even though there has been no evidence of outbreak doesn't mean that it hasn't occurred and doesn't mean that it couldn't occur. And I think they want to be very cautious. I think the the problem is is that we are being put into a very difficult choice and it is largely like we said last week and the week before because there is no good alternatives because we didn't take it seriously enough at the beginning and we don't have a big enough safety net or options that basically folks are now having to decide between am I gonna have a job and money to feed myself or am I gonna get potentially get coronavirus and you know with these 28,000 layoffs and this will probably cause I would guess even more Mm -hmm. you know people are having to make that calculus in their head that's why people are pushing back so strongly because they can just see the jobs and the money and everything melting away with no safety net behind it to save them and they're saying well that's this seems worse than risking the virus right it's a very difficult balance there to achieve I think yellow is too strict because yellow basically means you almost have no cases whatsoever or no new cases. What is the population of Orange County? It's like 3 million or something, I think. So that's, is that in the realm of like 30 cases per is that day? Per day. Per day. Per day. All right. So 30 cases a day. That's, that's like very little for that large I mean, of a population. New Zealand has done it. Yeah, I mean, it it can be done. I mean, San Francisco did it, like I said, but it's not very easy to get to that point when you're not near it, I guess. So it's going to take minimum of, you know, the rest of the year and hope that everything goes well to even get close to getting to yellow. Well, it's not going to get better between now and the end of the year. So we're talking... Spring, maybe, hopefully. Spring, summer. I'm so glad I went in February for that one day. Right, to Disneyland, yeah. Because when it reopens, is it even going to feel the same for a long time? I feel like so much of the staff and labor and probably experiences are going to be gutted. I mean, it's just not going to... I don't think it's going to be the same for a while. Yeah. Disneyland is very different in that it's smaller and... A lot of the queues are smaller as well, so the distancing was going to be a little more challenging there. But at least the queues are outside. I mean, that's part of the 
part of the restrictions was outdoor queues. It can be done. It's just it's going to be a very different experience there versus at Disney World. It's a little bit easier there. Well, so in response to this, of course, there's been a few statements made. The mayor of the city of Anaheim has said has spoken out against it, saying that this is going to really wipe out jobs and destroy lives and really impact the the community. The California Attractions and Parks Association called the guidelines the keep theme parks closed indefinitely plan. The Disneyland president, as we mentioned, Ken Potrock, said that this is unworkable. And he also sent a message to cast members saying, you know, expressing his disappointment and saying they will not stop working until Disneyland Resort reopens. And then there's recent reports, rumors, that Disneyland and other major theme parks are considering legal options to try to sue the state to allow them to open. I don't think they'll be very successful in that, but we shall see. Yeah. I understand why they would want to take some sort of action. They're going to try to do anything they possibly can, I'm sure. As you said, you don't know if it'll go anywhere. Um, If I were Newsom, I would just be glad that my uh, term was not up this time. (laughs) That's all I got to say about that. It probably would not be very pretty. I've seen some support for his decision on Twitter and other places. I I think we are in a bit of a Disney bubble of people that go to Disney World and are used to it being open. And there are others that are very happy with this decision. I think it's an impossible decision that has to be made because we as a country have put ourselves in an impossible situation. If back in March, April, we had really locked down, if we hadn't reopened so fast, you look at New Zealand, they have packed stadiums because they have no coronavirus cases in their country for like a month. Didn't they have some eventually though? Well, they have some that keep getting imported, but they have massive testing and contact tracing. Like we've been saying, you know, when one comes in, they have contact tracing. They find all the contacts. Everybody quarantines. They prevent secondary transmission. They lock it down and it doesn't spread. If there is a case, everybody in that region goes back to having masks. There's a small, you know, not a lockdown, but a small amount of restrictions. People are inconvenienced for a few weeks and then it's back to normal again. Which is the way it should be handled. <laughs> yeah, sort of like what we what was being pitched by, you know, the scientists back when this started. Oh, the scientists. Yeah. Yeah. Those people. Yeah. Those guys. But I work on all this stuff all the time. I am very cautious, but I'm also tired of it too, that I'm like, I can't live like this for another year. I just yeah. I don't think I can. Yeah. I mean the fatigue is definitely set in for everybody, but it's not going anywhere. <laughs> Just because we're tired of it. Yeah, I mean, you can tell I was tired of it. I went to Disney World. Right. Which, by the way, I guess an update (laughs) from last week's trip report. I did go and get a test last week, and I was negative for coronavirus. So there you have it. You went there and did not get it. Yep. So that can be done as well. There are ways you can continue to stay safe and protect yourself. And you outlined those things you did, like you left the line when you didn't feel comfortable, you left Magic Kingdom when you didn't feel comfortable, and kept you safe. Yep, it kept me safe. I think if cases go up much higher, those kind of things won't even be enough, because if the case spread gets pretty out of control, it's just not going to be safe to be there at all. True, true. But let's move on to our next story. I brought this one up because, Adam, you messaged me to say, hey... 
Uh, you've already got one of these booked yet? Half joking, I guess. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> we've talked about doing Adventures by Disney one day in our life. You know, not yeah. right now. We have young kids and they are crazy expensive. Yes, they are. And so all of the current Adventures by Disney trips have been suspended. It's been extended out through the end of the year. But where Disney taketh away, Disney also giveth you the option to spend additional money. Yeah. So, Adventures by Disney is now announcing new private adventures. And so, if you're listening to this, you haven't missed out. The sales begin October 27th. You can take up to 12 guests of your choosing on a private trip with Adventures by Disney to Costa Rica, Egypt, Greece, Italy, or Peru. So, guys, are we going? And how much do you think this is going to cost us? I don't know. Do you have a spare kidney? We're going to have to sell a lot of shirts. <laughs> just saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be expensive, but it sounds really cool. I think this is a good way that they're trying to obviously get more money, but it's a, it's something that appeal. It's appealing to me. And I think it's appealing to other people who, you know, coming out of coronavirus might not want to be around a bunch of other people as well. So it's it's appealing that you could have your own Adventures by Disney tour guide to yourself, essentially, and just your group, up to 12. I think that's really cool. Does anybody know why Peru has a minimum age of six? Sometimes that depends about what the excursions are. You need the kids to be old enough. And sometimes it's because they want them to be able to not have to go to the bathroom every four minutes. <laughs> it could be, yeah. Well, heck, I, I could know. be that person. I mean, right. Oh, anyway, <laughs> so the Peru trip would be out for us just because of the age, unless we did it without the kids. But yeah, you know, I I couldn't help when I first looked at that. It says private adventures, and I had the when I looked at it at first glance, I thought it said pirate adventures will go on sale. Oh, and they might like, do that a pirate cool. theme for you if you ask for it. I mean, you're paying them <laughs> enough money for it. So I'm I'm assuming they're trying to just get a lot of these things out there because they're trying to get all these deposits in. I mean, they just released Spring 2022 Cruises, and that's what's being booked this week. I was thinking about booking one. Mm -hmm. Tried to call in on the phone. I I changed my mind. I said I'm not going to book it. But when I tried to call this morning, I'm a silver castaway club. I've just been on one cruise. So this was the day that we were recording. This was the day I could uh, book. Uh, I got at least five or six busy signals before I even got in. So these cruises are booking and they're getting their deposits in, which helps a little bit, but they're not making any money sailing. So I went to look on the online though, and I didn't even see an option for 2022 showing up. So to, to do it, if you're looking to get to it, I mean, by the time this comes out, everybody can book it. But if you wanted to book it right now, John, before it opens for everybody else, you go into your Disney Castaway Club account and log in there first and then click from there over to the website. And then it will have been linked and said you're logged in as a Castaway Club member and it will reveal those dates for you. Okay. Well, I'm still one sailing away from gold. After the next one I do, I will be gold. I'll be a gold member. You'll be a gold member. (laughs) Which doesn't carry a ton of weight other than the, you know, one the length extra of time. Day earlier. You get to yeah. book one extra day earlier. And you get to book port adventures and stuff like that earlier than the silver as well. 
I forgot how many days earlier, but it's you get to do that stuff earlier once you have one booked. Um, things like that. The real one is after you get to the 10, you know, and you're the the platinum, you get free Palo every time. So Nothing costs nothing. Nothing costs nothing. You know, if you've done 10 sailings, you've spent a lot <laughs> of money. Of money. <laughs> like <laughs> grand. You probably could have eaten at Palo 700 times or something. But right. <laughs> that money's not... So you paid for it already. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. You're prepaying. Several years in advance. Yeah. (laughs) Let's now go to the other coast where we're back where we normally talk, at Walt Disney World. In California, they're not letting Disneyland open. In Florida, everything's open. DeSantis says, do whatever you want. It's great. But Orange County is going to be sending strike teams, much like California sent strike teams, to start looking into the theme parks, not following CDC guidelines, mm-hmm. doing surprise checks. Now, given the fact that Florida is just wide open, I mean, what if what are they going to do about it? Right. I don't know. They're allowed to have full capacity if they wanted to. So, yeah. They, I mean, DeSantis was no like, masks. yeah, just everybody show up. He was telling the Miami Dolphins to host a fully packed stadium. I don't think mind boggling. <laughs> No, doesn't like, sound like a good idea. Like, I mean, I guess if you had to pick one of the two extremes, I would pick the California side rather than the throw caution to the wind choice. I mean, the only reason that I even went to Disney or down there was because basically Disney is the government you're trusting that they are going to self-regulate themselves properly in following the guidelines because the rest of Florida is under zero guidelines. And I know this because I stopped at a gas station where lady behind the counter was definitely not wearing a mask and didn't see any reason why she should. Right. Yeah, I mean, Disney World does have their own government anyway, so... Yeah. <laughs> at least you know they're going to look out for the guests, at least. They have their own little country. <laughs> yes, basically. So, so to speak. <laughs> but I mean, Disney, community. Disney's been upping its language too. You know, they've been saying things like, you know, if you're if you're not wearing your face covering correctly, you will be asked to leave the park. They've been telling people in the pre-arrival apparently now, if you do not feel you can wear your face covering properly, to please call and cancel or reschedule. Mm, right. And yeah, I've yet to hear of it being enforced to the point of they're removing anyone yet. Well, we know one guy that, that got removed. <laughs> Well, was it for that reason? <laughs> well, I mean, he was—he wasn't wearing a mask, and he yeah. was also causing a disturbance. But yeah, I think it was more the the rest of the stuff he did, though. <laughs> well, it was both. Yeah, both and. But yeah, because there's people that I've seen, you know, the vloggers—they'll talk about this stuff. Like they—they they talk about situations where someone would have their uh, mask down, like they were eating something, and then they'd be told to pull it back up, and then they would until the cast member was out of sight, and that was it. <laughs> so you know things yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, you can't be everywhere all the time to enforce it. That's unfortunate, right? But it's just impossible. Well, it's been a bit of sad news there. How about maybe one of the most uplifting stories of the week? Are you ready for it? Get your yeah. get your tissues out. Okay, I'm ready. You ready? Are you prepared for this? Yeah. The Grandestino Tower. <laughs> Has reopened at Disney World. Post LeBron. Did you see the photos? I mean, it's 
Fresh Off Its Stay by LeBron James. Yeah. It's Beautiful. Dahlia Lounge, back open. Three Bridges Bar and Grill, back open. It's, it's such a beautiful hotel. Yeah. Do we know what room LeBron had yet? Is it its own category that they charge like three times for? You can have the <laughs> LeBron no. room. I'd the like LeBron the LeBron suite. room. And are they going to serve that, you know, that bubble coffee in the uh, Barcelona lounge? Because I want to get some of the bubble coffee. Just so you can say you've had it. (laughs) So you can spend 20 bucks on a cup of coffee. Maybe whenever they do reopen the NBA experience, since it didn't do well at Disney Springs, they could just put it over there at Coronado Springs, you know, (laughs) the NBA. They could just make the NBA experience a coffee house. Yeah, they'd have the coffee house. They serve the NBA experience coffee. They just keep the conference center set up like a basketball gym, and you can go play basketball there. Go see LeBron's room. Yeah, give a get a tour of LeBron's room. They just leave it the way he left it. <laughs> yeah. So the yacht club is amazing, and I definitely am going to stay there again. But it's not every time that I can afford to stay at the yacht club. Even at discount rates, right? <laughs> Even at discount rates. So if as far as like getting a value out of something, you know, I know this is a moderate, but I consider this like the best value grandestino on property. It's kind of the best of both worlds, so to speak. Best bang for your buck currently. Right. When I say best value, I mean for what I pay compared to what I get. When I stayed there that first time, I was like, how did I get away with paying this little to stay yeah. here? It was dirt cheap <laughs> that get, first. You can get month. what feels like and is, in some cases, deluxe amenities for a moderate price. I mean, you really can. Yeah. Or well, you could, when they first opened, especially. <laughs> I did see in February, during the week, with the pass holder rate, 189 was the cheapest I saw. Which yeah, Tower room? Tower room, yeah. Water view, oh, wow. tower room, 189. Water view. That was... Early February now, I'm sure that's gone by now because as I was looking at it, I could see it disappearing. But I think 222 I also saw for April. I mean, you can get club level there in the 300s. Right, yeah. Well, I'm granted club levels are not open right now, but... Right, yeah. They're not available, yeah. But not bad. I mean, you know, for Grandestino, I'm, you know, we basically paid about 175 back in when it first opened. <laughs> You know, as far as Coronado goes too, though, you could get not necessarily the tower, but they have like a junior suite is what it's called. Mm-hmm. That yeah, the yeah. kind of space and stuff you get for the price of or less than a regular standard room at yeah. a deluxe resort. <laughs> you yeah. get that, that more space as well. I even I mean, saw outer buildings at like 135. Yeah. Coronado for February. But then again, that's yeah. like Sunday through Thursday, I think. Is what I was seeing. Yeah, yeah. Just for kicks, I was searching through some of that, and I didn't really see the great prices on the days I picked. But yeah, it just depends. And again, these have been out long enough now where the availability is going to be pretty scarce. So yeah, like I saw supposedly discounted. It was like All Star for like one forty four, and I'm like, that's discounted. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I feel like they jacked up the price to discount it. <laughs> I saw really good rates at Pop Century too. Of course, this is, you know, the pass holder, forty percent off thing. So right. Anyway. Well, I'm just so happy that it's back, and I missed it by only a couple of weeks. Maybe I need to go down and just do a resort only stay. Yeah. I don't need to go to the parks. 
Just wake up in the morning. Head to the Dahlia Lounge. <laughs> well, you go to the Barcelona Lounge because that's what's open. No, that's right, because Dahlia Lounge is not open at that point. Yeah. Right. You get you uh, a coffee and some breakfast. You eat lunch at uh, Three Bridges, have a few drinks, have dinner at Toledo, and then wrap up the evening at uh, the Dahlia Lounge yeah. over, overlooking the property. I mean, that's why great. am I not booking this right now? I'm going to go this weekend. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, it is great. So I agree. Let's talk about some sadder news, though. It appears that the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover, some may be wondering if it's going the way of the seasonal attractions of the past. Mm. As the refurbishment continues to be extended almost every week for yet another week. It is now extended through January 2nd of 2021. I don't believe for a second that's the day it's going to open. I think yeah. basically they have a set of work they're needing to do and they just aren't doing it until something. I was say, and they just let go of maintenance. <laughs> yeah. It seems like every week we've talked about this getting pushed back at least a week or two at a time. So the maintenance in general was suffering on property. I mean, let's be honest, certain things were. Yeah. Uh, but now yeah. with cutbacks, it's even worse. So. Right. Maybe they just don't have the employees on staff right now to finish what they need to do effectively. Yeah. It's not going to go to seasonal, though. It's too popular of an attraction, and it's too much of a people eater that once things are full force, it's going to be going as long as it possibly can. I don't see that going away. Yeah, it seems like at Magic Kingdom they're trying to do enough stuff for the 50th anniversary in preparation, but what are they going to do now to... You know, with cutbacks and everything, I'm I'm sure a lot of things are going to be scaled back or just not done that they were going to do. Well, that's a good transition there, Adam, to the yeah. to our next topic, which is park passes. Park passes have been extended for now at least through January of 2022, which therefore it means it includes mm. the 50th anniversary. Interesting. Do we believe that their intention is to keep the park reservation system going once things are back to normal? I don't think they will, but I think they're doing it in case they have to. Right. I think this is an in-case move. I think there was a lot of people like, oh no, they're going to keep it forever. And I think they're just, they're going to start selling vacations through all of 2021. And people who buy the vacation want to plan. Well... I don't think that they want to put the reservation system the way they have it, truthfully, long-term, by any means. I want to, They probably want to keep it as short-term as possible because there are areas of the parks, because some of them are don't get harmed by the not park hopping as much as some others do get harmed by it. And when I say that, I mean because when people don't have the ability to park hop then they have to stay in that one place whereas before they would probably hop around at least to one other park and spend time there and spend money there as well and i feel like it's probably made a difference at you know the smaller area maybe the restaurants and stuff of of the parks themselves the ones that are open right now anyway obviously some that aren't it's probably affecting their bottom line which i know a lot of things are affecting their bottom line right now but yeah well if we're talking about park passes then i don't think they're going away anytime soon so what we do have is that halloween is now back available Hmm. 
For a while, there was no availability at Magic Kingdom for Halloween and oh. also Hollywood Studios. And they have put more availability back into the system. And I know you have a trip that you recently booked, John. And you were a bit concerned that Hollywood Studios is already booked. But I think something like this goes to show that you are going to get a chance to go to Hollywood Studios. Because they, they reserve a lot of the the capacity, I think. And just dole it out as they go along. And I think the last thing they want, as far as publicity goes, is for someone to have that negative thought of, well, I bought a three-day park pass and I can only go to t- two parks and... <laughs> Or I can only go to Epcot three days in a row. <laughs> right, yeah. So uh, I don't think they want that kind of publicity, so they'll probably do it for that reason because you're having to buy the days. I guess you could add days once you're there, but you're having to buy to plan the number of days you're going to be in the parks, and then you got to get a reservation based on that, right? So Hollywood Studios is the only one I don't have a day for at the moment. Hmm. Yeah. The whole time I'm there, there's n- there's literally no days that have Hollywood Studios at all. But I, I went ahead and had we we weren't going to do Animal Kingdom at all. We were just going to do three parks. And the only one I don't have right now, of course, is Hollywood Studios that we wanted. We decided Animal Kingdom was out this time. Gotta say, I I really enjoyed Animal Kingdom. I went there twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's just the only reason is because there's more stuff. I mean, you can't not go to Magic Kingdom. I mean, that's a given. Yeah, especially I don't, and, uh, I don't yeah. think I'm going back to Magic Kingdom until there's a vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Well, didn't you go on a Saturday, though? That probably made a difference. Yeah, but it's just so anyway. tight. Yeah. Anyway, in Epcot, I mean, they have food. So, I mean, you can't not go there, right? I mean, and then Hollywood Studios has most of the new stuff, stuff we haven't done. So <laughs> it was kind of a process of elimination for Animal Kingdom, really because they don't have anything to draw me there. Don't get me wrong, they have stuff to draw me there, but nothing that I haven't done to draw me there currently. Now, I will point out, you talking about not going to Animal Kingdom and the parks and and the lack of hopping. As I looked at some of the deals that we've talked about in the new year, still in early January, if you go to try to book, they're still offering the chance to do a park hopper. So... If you yeah, were to book a package that. for January 2nd or January 1st or later, you can add Park Hopper to your package. You think that's going to, they're going to change that soon? I just. Most likely. Yeah. I mean, how do, how would that work? You'd have to have multiple reservations or something like that. I don't know. Well, that's this other thing. Yeah. I see the Park Hopper. I was going to mention that, to, uh, I think, in one of the shows we had. They, they have Park Hopper tickets, but you still have to get a reservation. And you can only do one per day. So I'm like, okay. That makes no sense to have a Park Harper ticket available and you have to do reservations. Yeah, so there's got to be something there. I think they're just leaving the possibility open, maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't be buying a Park Harper ticket. I, Not now. Right. Well, to wrap up the Park Pass section, just a note. Uh, Christmas Day is currently shown as sold out at Magic Kingdom. Hollywood Studios is sold out on New Year's Day. And as we got some of the hours for some of those days, what I found interesting... And not surprising is that none of the parks are staying open late on New Year's Eve. I think the latest any park is open is 10 o'clock. So they're definitely, at least at the moment, not planning on having a New Year's Eve celebration in in any of the parks. And that's understandable. I think that's a good move on Disney's Mm -hmm. part. 
I guess they're not thinking that you're going to get the initial viewing of Harmonious on December 31st. Yeah. And what of Remy's Adventure? What's it called now? I forgot what they called it now. <laughs> Remy's Ratatouille Adventure? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, it's still kind of in limbo at the moment. I mean, they're they're finishing up the outside, but as far as I understand, the inside is not done yet. They have no opening date. All right, so... I know we got to get to a trip report here, so let's let's uh, skip ahead. We mentioned that there are discounts available, so if you are looking to book for 2021, there is now discounts for non-pass holders up to 35% off rooms through April the 27th, I believe it is, or something like that. And Disney also extended the cancellation policy, the flexible cancellation policy, through April the 30th. So they're still trying to lure people in. I think the pass holders and Florida residents can get up to 40% off on room reservations. Adam, I understand you also got a special code. Um, what did you get? 80, 90? Are they listening to the podcast? What they what they give you? Yeah. Well, I believe it's April 17th is okay. the one that's out now for... I knew there was a 7 in there. It's through yeah. April 17th. Yeah, 17th. But the email I got, which I, I've heard some other people... Or I know some other people that got the same email. And uh, it's 35% off. There's no, It's not pass hold or anything. So it's 35% off, but it's through June 30th. So it's a code that they gave me. I tried to do it online. It didn't work. So <laughs> they gave me a bad code or something. So either that Who's or they makes... didn't activate that yet. I don't know. But I can I say, could... did you make sure it wasn't from a spam site? <laughs> no, it was an official Disney email. <laughs> For sure. It was Disney destinations. But... Maybe they just didn't activate that yet, or maybe I just need to call and do it over the phone. But didn't come from a Nigerian prince. No, it was from a Moroccan prince. Ah, uh, oh, nice segue. Moroccan mm, I was trying to create a segue there. But. <laughs> that is a segue <laughs> to our next story, which is we talked about the struggles of the Morocco Pavilion, which was independently owned, but now the. It's been confirmed that Disney will be officially taking ownership of all of the Morocco Pavilion businesses at Epcot. So get ready, folks, for Prince IP. Yes, it is he, Ali Ababa. Yeah, get ready for the restaurants to go downhill now. You mean? I'm just saying it's it's IP land, Morocco. Right. Yeah. Well, look for it's going to be rebranded as Morocco, future site of Agrabah. Yeah, probably. Uh, unfortunately, maybe they'll build maybe. a another ride like Flight of Passage slash Soren, but you're on a magic carpet this time. Oh gosh! <laughs> In front of a giant screen. If they did a really good, like almost mildly thrilling uh, Aladdin type ride involving the carpet, I would be okay with that. <laughs> yeah. So each group gets on their own carpet. You can have up to, f- what, six guests on a carpet. <laughs> and then you, you have no seat belts or anything. And if you, <laughs> so yeah, you go out into a giant screen. And if in case of emergency, the exits are here, 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 anywhere. <laughs> right. No, I think the better choice is to put a dance party. Epcot yeah. needs a dance party, a, a, an Aladdin yeah. dance party. A belly dance party, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, you could just take the uh, restaurant Marrakesh sh- uh, Bitly dancers and put them out in a show, have their own show. Well, I don't really know how to feel about this one, though. I don't really know how to feel if it's going to be 
I guess not bankrupt is better than bankrupt. So yeah, it depends. <laughs> I suppose maybe you can recreate. They'll have like a a stunt show of Aladdin running away from the yeah one jump song. Oh, what's the one stunt jump show? Do you, like Indiana Jones stunt show, but the Aladdin stunt show. <laughs> right. Yeah. There you go. Hmm. That'd be fun. You think it's going to be really distracting to the theming when they build a giant blue genie over the top of the land? <laughs> right. Over the sure. top. Well, they could take the Jafar from the Phantasmic and bring it over. It's not that far mm-hmm. away. It's like yeah. practically giant snake. in Morocco already. <laughs> the well, giant snake, yeah. This last story I wanted to bring up yeah. is a, definitely a rumor, and I don't know how valid it is. It also comes from a place that's known for not purveying necessarily come-to-fruition rumors. However, I thought it was an interesting thought that the rumor is that there might be more virtual queues coming, mm-hmm. I guess to help with the fact that these lines are getting so long. But the two rides that are being spoken about in this rumor that would get virtual queue are Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Yeah. And Jungle Cruise. Why these rides? And do you think if they did it, I don't think it would work like rides where it's like one drop. I think when they say virtual queue, they're talking like max pass system. Right. Yeah. I would, for those two rides, I wouldn't think it would be like a, oh, it's going to drop at 10 a.m. Better get Jungle Cruise. Uh, (laughs) You know, I would probably just never ride uh, Smuggler's Run again, pretty much. Um, I don't know. I was thinking. Jungle Cruise, I can see because the line is very it's tight. Long. Yeah, and the line will go all the way, the way gets long. right past magic carpets up that way. But Smuggler's Run can eat a lot of people. That line and there's a lot of space over there. I don't know. Although, didn't you, Jason, say that it was all the way to like Toy Story Land almost? It was yeah, almost Toy Story Land. But I only waited like thirty minutes or something. Yeah, like that. wasn't that what time of day was that? Morning. Still fairly early. Yeah. That's kind of what I, I figured. So I don't know why. Why wouldn't you do Runaway Railway? You know. Well, I mean, if you're going to do virtual queue, I think they need to say it's. It, if it is that way, I, I'm hopeful it's not like Rise. I'm hopeful that this is just a way that they don't want to bring back Fast Pass because right. what they, what they don't want to commit to are these 90 day pre windows. Yeah. What they're what I'm wondering is if they're trying to slowly creep in Max Pass, which is how Disneyland does it. Yeah. Where you can start getting return windows once you've scanned into the park. And I think in the current COVID climate, where you have park reservations and all those things, I think that would go a long way to alleviating some of these ridiculous lines. Yeah. If you allowed people to do that, you know, they had enough other places to go sit and social distance. If they had implemented Max Pass for my last visit, I would have had a blast. Yeah. It would have been great. Well, maybe they're going to test pilot this on Jungle Cruise and Smuggler's Run just to see if it works at helping call the line down a little bit. Now, what's another feature of Max Pass that uh, would be introduced here? I'm just uh, trying to think of that in my head. Oh, yeah, cost. A price. A price tag oh, would be introduced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that I did pay extra to have Max Pass. I mean, it was never a question. I wasn't not going to get it. It's, I I think it's like 15 bucks or something like that. It's not was, terrible. 
I was never not going to get it. I mean, I got my money's worth. You guys remember that day. I was I podcasted from there. I got everything I wanted. I walked in at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon and wrote everything that I wanted to ride. As a matter of fact, I think the four theme parks in the Walt Di- that are Walt Disney World are the only theme parks on the planet that do not charge for that type of system, for a reservation system. I think it, just about everyone else has a prepaid system for that. So, Well, I think the goal here is they wouldn't make it paid because if they do a max pass type thing for, for COVID, I think that idea would be is that's the only way you ride the ride much like that's the only way you ride rise of the resistance is they can really control the size of the lines if the only way you can get in line is through a it's almost like a reservation system you have to reserve a time return time right and if they're sold you know, out i think there's some middle ground between fast pass and day of 90 days, in my opinion, is too long. Uh, maybe they need to make it, maybe a next day is the most you can do. Like you have to actually be on property or something like that. You have to be in the vicinity before you can do the passes. I think they should probably do that. I don't like the idea of doing it as far in advance as they do it now. I don't like the idea that they do reservations for dinner as far in advance as they do. So that's yeah. just well, my two the cents. The reason they do it that way is because there's a lot of out-of-towners that come once in their life. They have to have it all planned out. And I was that way when I first started going because you're worried you're going to miss out. The secret, though, is there is so much to do at Disney World. You're going to miss out on a lot of it. Right. And if you follow their prescription and get their dining plan and plan everything 180 days out, you're going to miss a lot of it because you are going to be so worried about your your right. ideas and that it, you came up with 90 days ago. Right not knowing how the parks worked. Like a lot of the folks that are booking all these things have no idea how long it takes to walk from ride A to B or what's the right time to do stuff or anything. Right. I just think it's ridiculous too. When I go back to the dining part that for something like when I got Cinderella's Royal table, I actually have to be up like the moment the window opens on 180 days to get it. (laughs) Yeah. Or else it's gone. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Well, that's why Touring Plans has that reservation finder. Because it, it does work a lot where you can get stuff. Yeah, you has, you still have to be readily available when it says it. Or that's it true. Won't be there again. You get that text at 4 <laughs> in the morning. You're like, holy crap. <laughs> okay. right, I missed it. Dang it. <laughs> or like me when I was on property the day before on a bus. And you get that text and you can't get enough Wi-Fi signal to book it quick enough. But anyway. Yeah, I think 180. I don't know why... Restaurants are a longer window than fast passes because I think it's it's so hard to me. Like you book your restaurants first, but the restaurants I want to go to often get dictated by the fast passes I get or the parks I decide to go to. And right, or where I am. I think the system could be better in that aspect, and I think maybe the reason they do it is because they feel like it gets some of these other places that are more readily available reservations because they can't get to the place that they want to get. Yeah, so they have to do an alternative. Yeah, so maybe it's helping out in that area. Well, if it had helped out, we'd still have Sebastian's Bistro. Mm. May you rest in peace, Sebastian's Bistro. I know, right? So good. Well, it'll be something else again. Maybe they'll have some of the same elements. Maybe they'll have the same chef. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see who what any restaurants have by the time we get back to everything being open. Speaking of everything being open, let's leave Florida. And let's go to the state 
of Tennessee. To the state of Tennessee. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I, my my trip to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and Dollywood in particular, it was kind of a short one. It was over the course of, see, we left out on a Friday and came back on Monday. And this was coincident with my trip. You were in yes. Dollywood yep. while I was at Disney. So we were, two out of three of us were in a theme park at the same time. This this is true, yeah. And I had kind of a, I don't know, we'll call it soggy start because it was right about the time that our trip was planned, obviously. The Delta was coming yeah, through. Yeah, the, the hurricane. <laughs> the Well, the, the storms really that spin off of it pretty much. It was pretty much done at that point. But when those storms spin off. It was it, what was left of Delta. Yeah, it went off in that area and went over it. It was It wasn't too bad when we first got there, but I mean, the day that we went to Dollywood. It was kind of bad in the morning, but um, going there, it's been a while since I've been to Pigeon Forge. Matter of fact, I haven't been to Dollywood in like 30 years, but the, and the area close to Pigeon Forge um, that I had been to probably 20 years ago <laughs> wow. was Gatlinburg. So 30 oh. years and 20 years. So it's been a while. It's neat coming in from that side where you basically you're winding through the mountains, you know, and then, because I, I didn't remember this because, like I said, 30 years ago and I wasn't driving it because, I first of all, I didn't have a license. I was not old enough to drive. But not driving it is different because you don't think about and you don't see like going down these roads in which you can actually see the mountains. And there's a lot of very scenic and pretty things and people stopping on the side of the road to see this, to see that and taking pictures. On the way there, we actually went through a, like an Indian reservation pretty cool the way it was set up it was a nice little town close to a creek and everything and there's, there's a casino there as well but it was pretty neat i would actually like to go back there and kind of stop in that area and see that stuff but it's like you're just going on this winding road and then all of a sudden it just turns into a tourist city <laughs> like out of nowhere it's just all of a sudden it, it develops into where Pigeon Forge is. It's like right there. And I didn't remember that because it's been so long coming from that side. If you were coming in from, say, the Nashville side, it would be, you know, it wouldn't be as drastic, you know, the change. But it's it's pretty cool coming in from that side. But anyway, we stayed in a place called All Season Suites. It's a little bit older. But one thing that was good about that, it was it was clean. I mean, it could use some work as far as like repair and stuff, little things here and there. Like I saw a place where the carpet was kind of needed repair. There was a rusty spot in the bathroom or something like that. You know, relatively minor, I would say. It was definitely clean overall. We had essentially a two-bedroom suite. So it was one room has a king bed, and then the other room has two queen beds. It's like a regular size rooms, right? But then there's this living area in between that, uh, and there's also a kitchenette with um, fridge and things like that. All that, and it was just a shade over $200 a night to have that. So I thought that was pretty good, and I would actually, I would probably go back to that place again. I mean, like I said, it wasn't the most glamorous in the world, but I think I got what I paid for. How far was it from Dollywood? Or From there, pretty much just up the street. It's actually on what they call Dollywood uh, Lane, I think it is. Okay. So you basically, from where we were, if you were to go out of it and take a left, where you're talking, I don't know, five minutes, five, six minutes. Maybe it's, I think it said seven minutes on the GPS. Okay. Believe it or not, I think that's actually a little closer because I saw the Dream War. It's actually a little closer than the Dream War itself, which is kind of weird. So the next day was when we went to Dollywood. I'm trying to think if we ate somewhere significant that night oh yeah we went to the apple barn or it's actually a 
uh, a section of restaurants that are all Apple themed and Apple related, I guess. Not Apple as in <laughs> Macintosh, but they all had Apple in the name of it. We ate at the country restaurant of it and it was good. It was busy that night in particularly. Not exactly ideal, I guess, for the social distancing because a lot of the areas and stuff you had to walk through were tight to get to where you were going to sit. They weren't really spacing the tables like they you probably should. Tennessee seemed to me kind of like, or at least that particular area, they were kind of like Jason's described with Florida as far as like the anything goes type. I think they're not officially anything goes, I don't think, but they kind of are. Mm. So the stuff they have is apple related like they bring you these apple fritters as the bread service so to speak with apple butter but that was probably the best part was the bread service and ironically jason said that about ale and compass right (laughs) and then the next day we went to dollywood which was really the biggest the theme park part that we did of the trip that morning raining we did go ahead and pay for the preferred parking when we got tickets for it which kind of goes up its own little mountain, so to speak, to get to it in comparison to the other parking. So you park kind of on a different side. There's not that many people in Preferred. We'll put it that way. And from there, you can walk right in up to the, the front gate on the Preferred. I would say Preferred is worth it there in comparison to having to park somewhere to take the tram. Once we got to the front gate, they had an area where you had to, you know, going through the greening part where they check your temperature, of course, ask you if you've had any symptoms, all that good stuff. They do that part. And you come to a security checkpoint where you have the usual stuff, the metal detectors, all that good stuff that you have to go through, just like Disney, the usual stuff. Get checked in. They have a little area right there near the beginning where you can go take your kids to get measured height-wise, and they haven't color-coded throughout the park. They give them a bracelet that says, you know, you can go to anything that's this color Hmm. or less. You know, like they have it color-coded. So, again. Yeah. So, I'm kind of surprised Disney hasn't tried something like that, but maybe it's just too much with as many people as they have going through their parks all the time. I could see that being a nightmare, especially at the busiest time, (laughs) going over there to measure. And the kid would rip the bracelet off or, you know, that sort of thing. But, I mean, they still have measuring sticks at the individual rides as well. But it's kind of like a pre-measurement. Like, you, you've yeah. already done it. If you're wearing this band, they, they're not going to check you again, in other words. Right? Right, right. Headed over to the first section that's close by there. This kind of uh, hot rod themed, like 50s type theme and stuff. And they have what's called a rock and roadway there. That's basically the Tomorrowland Speedway, their version. So we did that because, you know, the kids would like doing that. And the way they do theirs, they have a way for even the youngest kids to drive. They have like a little booster seat. It's kind of neat because it's going through kind of like a 50s themed place. The big coaster ride over there that one of the ones that I was kind of looking forward to is actually down until next year. It's called Lightning Rod. So unfortunately, we didn't get to do that. The way we did this, we just kind of worked our way through one side of the park and around. We wanted to make sure we went to the area where they have a lot of kids themed rides they're rides that little kids can ride by themselves. They don't have to have an adult with them. Just to be honest, most of them are spinners. They had one that was themed to a bee. The train is also over here in this area where they have a lot of the kid rides, the the big train. But we were, we were going to get on it, but it actually had a decent line. And uh, we didn't get on it at that time. So we did the carousel. A lot of what you would think of is kind of like carnival type rides over in this area so we had them do that there's one called the lemon twist which is kind of like a smaller 
more condensed version of the teacups, for instance. Uh-huh. They have one called the Amazing Flying Elephants. Hmm. It's a spinner. Flying elephants? Hmm. <laughs> yes. Okay. The Amazing Flying Elephants. And then there was ones like there were spinners on the, they're on the ground, basically. So like Piggy Parade and Busy Bees. But they're basically the same ride with some slight difference. Lucky Ducky. There's basically the same ride with some slight differences to them. Okay. So it's Spinnerland. Whoa, they're all pretty much. Okay. It's like a, it's it's a kids area. That's what it's right. designed for right over there. They have rides over there that kids can do by themselves. Okay. Now they have one that's like a beginner. It's like called Shooting Star. We didn't end up having them do this one. It's kind of like a beginner's drop tower for kids. You know, like their first drop tower experience if they're still too uh, young to get on the bigger type right. drop tower rides. Yeah, Disneyland Paris has one like that. Their Toy Story Playland. There you go. Parachute drop. Yeah. So once we got away from over there, we kind of moved up into the area that looks almost like a almost like a logger type area, I guess. It's, and when I say logger, I mean L-O-G-G-E-R, not L-A-G-E-R. There's no alcohol in Dollywood, by the way, at all. None? Just like Magic Kingdom. Nope. Oh. Zero. Hmm. So I'll, I'll take that well, I guess I guess I'm going <laughs> to not book that. Let me, let me do my cart. <laughs> Into your car. Uh, After I finished up at Grand Destino this weekend, I was headed to Dollywood, but I guess not. <laughs> not now. <laughs> right. Uh, so anyway, over in this area, attraction-wise, there is the Dollywood Barnstormer. Uh, right? How does it compare? <laughs> this is definitely more thrilling, but basically this Barnstormer, it's not a coaster. This Barnstormer is kind of like, the best way I know to describe it, it's like a pendulum. So, but you're, you're sitting, you sit in the middle of it and, you know, it swings you back and forth until it gets higher. And it's kind of like the looping starship at Six Flags Over Georgia, if you remember it, without the looping. It just goes so far. It goes like parallel. It doesn't go all the way around back and forth for a while. It's kind mm-hmm. of short. It was, it was good for a mild thrill. I mean, if you wanted to, you know, get a thrill right in there. A lot of Dollywood, they have these things where people are doing handcrafted type stuff. Like, for instance, there's a... You can see a place where they, like, you can see the cinnamon bread, kind of like where it's being made, the production of it. You can study that sort of stuff. Someone actually making leather, like like leather material stuff or uh, custom glass works. All this kind of stuff is along this, this row here. Wood carvers at, at work and stuff you can buy like that. All this good stuff. The cinnamon bread was really good, by the way. We got some of that. Yeah, I've heard that was one thing you have to do when you go there is get that bread. Yeah. Now, in this section, too, they have a couple of houses or theaters where they uh, regularly have, uh, like, Southern Gospel quartets singing. Makes sense. We went around the corner here, and there was the, I guess, the Splash Mountain of Dollywood, if you want to. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> okay. It's not themed. In, it's called Daredevil Falls, but it's not themed, really, so much as it is just a, a log flume ride that has a drop that's similar, you know. Right, right what is it like a, a log jammer type thing it's literally just like most of the other ones except for it has a theme where it has like, like a giant sog in it <laughs> one in one section okay. you know before you turn around stuff like that nothing scary nothing it's not like saying you're about to go on that but <laughs> okay it was pretty good it was good for getting that drop in yeah what we did was we did like a basically their version of rider swap there yeah. So the way they did rider swap in most every ride is you went through the handicap entrance uh-huh. or the disability entrance. You go up there with the strollers and everything, and you kind of get to a part where you can park the stroller to the side, 
one group or however many people are in your party that, you know, for someone to stay with the kids, they go on it and then the next one would go. That's kind of how we did it. I was riding with Lynn whenever we did the, the log ride. We basically had our, the way they did it, we had our own log. That's part of their COVID procedures. As far as their rides go and everything that they put into place, with the exception of they couldn't really police the lines that well as far as to how far apart people were, the actual rides themselves I felt like were, were done really well in the sense that they cleaned them after every, you know, in some way, shape, or form after every ride. Sometimes they, every hour, they had to stop some to do a like a more extensive, I guess, cleaning on them, right? Mm-hmm. And as far as like that one I mentioned a minute ago with the Barnstormer, they did space it out like they wouldn't have people sit in the middle. They had to have people sit just on the ends of it and things like that. So they kept mm-hmm. people decently spread apart. So because of having a stroller and kids, did you wait in line a lot or did you ever do standby for stuff? Or There were things we did have to wait in line for when it came to the coasters. Uh-huh. That log ride that I just told you about, we didn't have mm-hmm. to wait for like hardly at all. I guess because it was a sort of overcast day, people there weren't a ton of people doing the water rides. Maybe okay. There is a Eagle Mountain Sanctuary right along in there, where it's basically a place where they have you can see eagles behind the like the net uh, aviary of non-releasable eagle, bald eagles. So that was pretty cool to see. Let's see. We moved on up here to the oldest ride in the park. It's technically a coaster. It was built in '78. I want to say '78 or '79. This mm-hmm. ride was, and it's called Blazing Fury. So um, it's basically, it's kind of like a dark ride slash coaster because the way it goes for the majority of the ride, you're just going straight, right? Mm-hmm. You can tell you're on a coaster type track, but and you're in something similar to like a mine car, I guess, kind of. But it just goes straight, and it has these scenes that you can tell they're very dated type effects and animatronics and stuff, but it has to do with uh, basically firefighters and firefighting scenes this going through yeah, it right and then there's like a couple of drops near the end uh, involving that but it was it was pretty neat i mean I, you have to take it for what it is when it comes to one like that there was a coaster that we wanted to ride we kind of thought better of it at that moment for, because the wait was a little longer but the tennessee tornado like we were about to get in line for it, but it was kind of long, and we decided we would try to catch it later. But we never, but later never came because the ride went down for the day before we got back to it. So, was unfortunately one of the ones we missed because of that. Oh, okay. So we couldn't complete the Dollywood Challenge in that sense. Um, <laughs> right. Fail. You failed. Yeah, we failed. Yeah. The next one we did do was a coaster though, and it actually had a pretty low wait time. It was only like fifteen minutes. It's called Wild Eagle. I don't know if you're kind of following along or if you've seen that one. It's the type where the the middle or the the main base of the coaster is is an eagle, but you kind of sit to the outside of the track. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. It's not one that spins though when you sit to the outside. Some of them like or they move when you do that, but this one's just stationary when you sit in the cars outside the track. It was fun. I I really I enjoyed that. That's the first time I've I've actually ridden one that was not the car was not in the middle of the the track. I think. <laughs> I've had inverted ones where, you know, I'm the op- on the opposite, but I've never had one where I'm hanging out to the side, basically, yeah, of the track. So every ride that we did, every coaster, they kind of avoid being something like a Six Flags by putting a little little bit of a unique spin on each one and how they theme it, pretty much, and these little things that they add to it so they keep it from feeling like you're in a Six Flags, you know, because right. they do have a good bit of coasters. Here. Sure. 
Okay. Worked our way around. There is a little section right before we go into this to where like Mystery Mine is the name of it and everything is, where they had a display that says Dollywood or something, but they had these two little eagles, right? That's by on each side. But what was kind of neat was the eagles were wearing masks on uh, each side. So that was a kind of a neat little touch that they did with okay. the with the statue. They had their own masks on. And then there's this there's this like a area that's like a rest area in there where you could relax and take your mask off. I'm actually more comfortable wearing a mask, I guess, than most folks because I have to do it pretty much all day anyway. So I've kind of just gotten accustomed to it. I yeah, I sometimes forget that I have mine on. That's how accustomed I've come to it. So Yeah, it's not that hard to use. Yeah, wearing wearing a mask all day. I, yeah. I don't want to hear that it's difficult. Like I said, five-year-old did it. My wife's done it for her job yeah. as long as she's had her job. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely doable. Yeah. Let's see. There's a place that's new called Wildwood Grove over here that we ended up going back to, which they have a coaster over here we didn't do by the name of Dragonflyer, which it, did, it wasn't the most intense-looking one in the world. It was one that they kind of put together more recently. But they have an interesting ride over here called the black bear trail where it says you climb onto the back of a friendly black bear and glide. So basically it's like a, a ride vehicle that you straddle, right? That's a bear and it goes around this little track, but it kind of tilts back and forth where it looks like you're doing this, I don't know, humping motion on top of it or something like almost (laughs) the whole way around. But it has a height requirement, which is the craziest thing to me, of 36 inches. I could not figure out why it needed to have such a, such a, uh, why it needed a three foot height requirement. I was trying to figure out why that was needed on this, but I'm sure there's some kind of safety measure or they were told they had to do that for it. But I would think kids that were under that could ride it with an adult, but. So you're saying you get on the back of a bear and you, uh, glide? You glide? Yes, you glide. It's their version of Flight of Passage? Huh. <laughs> I guess so. And this one over here, this there's a ride over here. This one's the one the kids really enjoyed the most, you know, being the, you know, I have four-year-olds and two-year-olds with me, right? So they enjoyed this one the most. I ended up having to ride this one with them a few times in a row because it wasn't that long of a wait. But it's called Frogs and Fireflies. It's basically another spinner-type ride. But the only difference with this one is when it's spinning around, it's kind of doing this up and down like hopping motion because it's a frog, right? While they're doing that. But they, I mean, my two-year-old loved that ride, especially. They wanted to do it over and over again, which we did like three times or something like they're close in a row. But that was about it. We had to just basically had to peel them away from it after that. Sounds nauseating. Yeah. Well, there was one that has a height requirement that I actually got Maddie to do that was kind of fast. And it was it was kind of fun. It was interesting. It's called the Mad Mockingbird, but again, it's something that goes around in circles, right? But what it is, is it goes pretty fast in circles. And the way it's designed, you have like a rudder, but it's in front. While it's spinning, if you turn it to the right, it turns inward. If you turn it to the left, it turns outward, right? You know, it's part of the ride. Yeah, yeah. But while we were on it, she was saying how fun it was and everything. And I was kind of shocked. I was expecting her, like when it was all over with, to be in pieces or something, you know, because of, because of past experiences with things like Alien Swirling Saucer, which was almost exactly a year ago. She didn't like the way that went, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, but she loved it. So maybe that's encouraging for the future. Yeah. yeah. After that, we kind of worked our way back. My personal favorite coaster, believe it or not, 
was Thunderhead, the wooden coaster. Oh, okay. uh, the older wooden coaster, somewhat older. I have never been on a wooden coaster that I like better than this one. The thing about it is, is I don't think I've ever been on one that from after you get up the lift hill and that first drop, it's like, it's one of the fastest, it felt like the fastest wooden coaster I've ever been on. And it was like nonstop after that first drop. It was like it never slowed up for anything. It was like somehow or another they designed it okay. to where it was fast all the so way through. there was through. no second lift hill or anything? No, no, it was fast all the way through. Hmm. And it was awesome. <laughs> I actually, I really got off feeling like a kid or something again. It was really fun. So I don't know if any of you ever go. Definitely, I recommend doing Thunderhead. Okay. That was my favorite one out of it. Now, my next favorite one is one that we had to come back to do and did close to the end of the evening. It's called Mystery Mind. Mystery Mine. It was kind of rough. I was surprised that this one was rough. But, you know, it drops... Almost immediately, it takes you into this lift hill that takes you straight up, and then you you go know, you go through some more sections of it. There's an actually another point in there where you go straight up, and they have this screen. It's lifting you toward because it's an inside. The parts where this lift hill is is inside indoors. It does go outdoors, but the part where the lift hill is and some of this stuff is indoors, right? But at the very end of this one, you actually turn for a short period of the track. You actually turn upside down and like stay there before you go into this the loop back in, so it kind of hangs you for upside down for a moment, which is a little different for coasters. The next, the last one we did at the end of the night, as far as coaster attractions go, Fire Chaser that we came back to. It's like firework, I guess, sort of related in it. It's it's, it's shaped like a um, like a fire engine. The the cars themselves are. But it reminded me track-wise of something similar to like Mindbender as far as the, the way it looked. But it was hard to tell because I had to go by feel because it's at the end of the night and it started raining again, right, while, while we're on it. And like I couldn't even keep my eyes open because of the, the way it was raining at that point. Like it was kind of, and I actually stung a little bit at times with the, with the rain. But it's one of those that it goes forward for a while. It goes into this little place. It's like a warehouse with the fireworks do. And then there's like an explosion kind of that blows you backwards. And it goes backwards for the last part. So it actually takes off forward and comes back in backwards from the exact same spot. Hmm. Of course, with track switches. Right. Um, when, so there's no loop around to get back on the ride, in other words. It was probably my next favorite one out of the ones that we had done. But the only one, like I said, coaster-wise we didn't really get to do was the... We didn't do the Dragonfly one, and we didn't do the Tennessee Tornado, only because it closed down before we could get back to it. So I enjoyed the park. I definitely would go back, and I think we probably plan on going back in the future. It's much different than I remembered. Like I said, they started putting all these thrill rides in it from, from back in the day. They only had like one or two, maybe. Like when I go to the local Six Flags... I always have, for some reason, in the back of my mind, I have this thing that I was like, you know, how good are these maintenance crews here? Because, you know, I get that that that, look, that feeling sometimes on some of the rides, especially. Mm-hmm. It's like, how much can I really trust this, uh, this engineering? I didn't get that feeling so much here for whatever reason. I don't know. I just felt safer. And it was, of course, clean. They definitely took, I thought, good measures as they could for their staffing. Like I said, the lines... They had it marked for for distancing, of course, but it didn't always happen. But I think you ran into the same thing probably, Jason, 
at Disney. Yeah, I I think I've detailed my challenges. Yeah. So, does Dollywood have an app that you do the wait times on and stuff? Or yes, as a matter of fact, I was kind of using it as a guideline to help me uh, remember my way around okay. <laughs> for for when I was talking about it. But yes, oh, they do have an app. The wait times are in there only when you're in park, of course. Like it wouldn't right. show me wait times now. That's the way oh, theirs okay. works. But of course, you can get all the descriptions and everything on it. It's a fairly big park. It's pretty. There's a lot of space probably in the middle. Like the walk, where the walkways are pretty. I guess narrow if you want to uh, compare it to Disney or, or something like that, because it kind of takes a it kind of takes the shape of an A, <laughs> I guess the walkways, because it goes. It's like it goes up to a peak and then it goes back down the other side. It's almost like its own little mountain as far as how it, the layout is. Mm. Yeah, fun stuff. The next day, we did two museums. The Titanic Museum there I would recommend doing. What's pretty neat about that is at the beginning, they actually give you these cards and, and things because you were you actually one of the people on the ship, right? They give you this, like having you play a role, so to speak. Like, they give you this card that has this information about the person who was on the ship. And you kind of get to find out on the at the end whether you made it or not, so to speak. And I was a member of the crew mm. on my card. I was 20 years old. And some of the effects they kind of do inside of it, and not only that, you would think a museum that was, could, could get crowded. It was actually spaced out pretty well. I felt comfortable still in there. The masks were required, required as well. Uh-huh. I felt like they handled it well. So I didn't have a problem with it. So do you get to be Leonardo DiCaprio or no. Kate Winslet if <laughs> no. you wanted to be? Oh. No, none of that. No, no, no they, actual you know, people. It's basically, okay. basically the way they did. Yeah, actual okay. people. Yeah, not fantasy people. I think everybody in our group, interestingly enough, made it uh, when we looked at the end. What their story was, they all sur- We all survived. The yeah. unsinkable John Martin. Yep, pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> yeah. The neatest parts about it, though, they had a part where you come through where they kind of reenact like water, where you can look at it where water's coming down the steps. Like it gives you like this is what it would have looked like sort of thing, mm-hmm. which was kind of neat. Do they put know, you behind a locked gate and you have to open it with <laughs> no. a key? <laughs> they do, however, have a section where after you're in the room with the helm, like after you go out, it's like going out on deck. And they have it in that room. They have it the temperature it would have been that night. And then they have a place where you can put your hand into the 28-degree water, which is what they would have been in, or you can feel what that would have felt like. Yeah, Which, yeah. Except imagine yourself completely submerged in it, right? Right. Yeah, and that was pretty, you know, they take pictures in there and stuff like that. They actually have a section where you can see how steep the angle would have been, too, if you were trying to hang on. You can actually try to try to use that if you want to hang on and stuff so i would recommend doing that if you're ever in that area it's pretty neat yeah they have some pretty genuine artifacts too they actually had a deck chair in there that was from the ship i don't know how you get that it looked like it was in pretty good shape i guess it was floating most likely when they found it Mm. but yeah it's still still intact that's cool so so yeah there's that and the other one we went to was the crime museum alcatraz east as it's called I had things like Pancho Villa's death mask. John Dillinger's death mask is actually in there, too. Stuff more recent. Stuff, you know, John Wayne Gacy artifacts. They actually had a 9-11 section in there, too, where there was some rubble from 9-11. That was kind of weird to see stuff that I actually remember 
and yeah. seeing the stuff, you know, of it. I remember when it happened, that sort of things. And there are some vehicles in there. They have one of Ted Bundy's Volkswagens, mm-hmm. one of his actual Volkswagens there. They had the car, not the actual car, Bonnie and Clyde, but the the vehicle that's, um, that was from the movie Bonnie and Clyde that had it there. Oh, okay. And the actual white Bronco that was in the chase, right, the Friends Bronco, of OJ's was that it was on display there as well. So the actual one he was in whenever he was fleeing wow, is is on display there. Huh? How did they acquire <laughs> that? That's interesting. I I don't know. I mean, there's all these little pieces. It's really neat to to see some of this stuff. It's kind of it's kind of eerie in some ways with some of this stuff that you're looking at because a lot of these cases involve murders, you know. So I mean, just saying, just sitting there looking at like they have John Wayne Gacy's wallet in that display case, along with his clown suits and stuff. Oof. I mean, it's just, this is, you know, you're looking at this stuff, it's like, this is stuff killers actually touched and just yeah, right here in front weird, of me. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, it's it's interesting, but it's, it's like I said, sometimes it can get a little eerie with the stuff they have. They had some artifacts from Columbine, a yearbook and stuff like that in there. Um, Casey Anthony. Oh, there was a ticket stub that someone donated uh, that was at the Dark Knight shooting. Stuff like that. But it's, it, I would recommend going there, too. Sounds like a real uplifting experience. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, I know. Well, they do call it Alcatraz East. Uh, Al Capone's stuff in his cell was in there, too. Forensic stuff. I mean, it just... Okay. That was pretty much what we did this over that weekend, extended weekend. So it was fun. Fun trip overall. Okay. Very cool. Well, thank you for the, the trip report. I was... I'm excited you had a good time, that you made it back safely. We can get ready for our, another trip. Hopefully right. not That's too far right. in the distant future. It's not far away at all now. It's almost exactly a month. Oh, nice. In fact, today, today's date is the date I had to have it paid in full. <laughs> well, there you go. Did you pay for it? <laughs> yes, I have it paid in full, so I'm locked in. <laughs> I guess you're going. Well, you know, it's Disney World. You can uh, You can back out up to like the day before, but... That's true, yes. Yeah, and it's, it's Caribbean Beach and it's Skyliner, so there's no way I'm backing out. Yeah. So enjoy that trip. <laughs> but until we can get to that next trip, I will uh, go ahead and help us wrap up this episode, I think. If you are going to look at some of our stuff, just know that we are working on maybe some new stuff in our store. So we'll be previewing that on an upcoming episode. But just know that it's... Some some interesting stuff might be showing up in our it's store. It's in the works. It's in the works. It's in the works. Yeah. But yeah, if you want to get in touch with us or shop or any of those things, where do we do all those things? So, I mean, you can get in touch with us social media-wise through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's all at TWTM Podcast. We, can, we have the Spreadshirt store that, that Jason was alluding to as far as uh, some merchandise that we may have, some new merchandise we may have coming down the pipeline. That is uh, shop.spreadshirt.com slash podcast, And you can go to our website, which is travelingwithamouse.com. We have links to everything there and more, including our YouTube channel. If you want to help us out there, subscribe to that. And you can email us, podcast at travelingwithamouse.com, with any questions, comments, thoughts, or ideas. So, I guess that wraps it up for today. This has been John, Jason, and Adam, and this has been Traveling with the Mouse, and we hope you will join us on our next Socially Distant.
and virtual training. The end.